What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We only have one this week because it was Christmas, so, you know, get over it. Uh, Sean this week had a few things going on, and he had no time at all to make it on the pod this week. Uh, It was a tough week for Sean. So I had a definitely capable fill-in for him, and that is my cousin, Will Smith, who has been on the podcast before as a guest. He did a great job this week. First thing we jumped into was some NBA talk. After that, we went into some college basketball. We talked about the top 25 and what we see going forward going into conference play next week. After that, we talked about the NCAA playoff. Finally, I was a little more interested because these games actually matter. We had some predictions on that. Lastly, we jumped into some football. So this week, we combined our Monday rundown pod with our Wednesday NFL pod. Recap the picks. Uh, we broke down the locals and the Cowboys a little bit more than usual. And then we made our picks for this week, and Sean even sent his in. So enjoy the pod, and we should be back to the regular schedule next week. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Crazy week this past Christmas week. I hope everybody had a great holiday and Happy New Year coming up. Get all that bullshit out of the way. We'll be saying it till April, probably. Um,. So, Sean had a crazier week than most, and he is actually out this week. Um, He's going through a midlife crisis at 26 years old. Tough stuff, tough stuff. So, let's hope that he can get his life back together. I mean, it's really sad. So, you know, if you want to send your tweets out, your emails, just prayers out to Sean. Hopefully, he gets his life figured out. But we should be all good by next week. Sean should be out of rehab by next week. It was a quick stint. It's only his first time, so... He'll be fine by next week. Um, Let's hope everything works out. But I do have a fill-in for him. He's somewhat qualified. He's been on the pod before. And that is my cousin, basically my brother, Will Smith. Will, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Tom. How are you today? I'm doing all right. So we have Will as a co-host. So we brought him up to the big leagues. We pulled him up out of the G League. He's on a two-way contract, so we're going to send him back down soon. But this week we needed his services, and he was happy enough to be doing nothing else on a Friday night. Surprise, surprise. I, I got a life, man. Yeah, and um, so we're just going to jump right in, and we're going to do do things a little differently this week. We're just doing one pod. I tweeted out this morning, if anybody follows us on Twitter, at Sorry Sports, that we are doing a one-shot pod this week. We will be doing half our Monday rundown pod and then finishing off with the NFL, and maybe we'll shoot the shit for a little bit. We'll see how it goes. You, know, you never know, so you really never know. Uh, I did win the Sperm Bank Pick of the Week again this week. I hope everybody enjoyed my little soliloquy. I I know it was hilarious. I am pretty funny. Um, But this week, business as usual. Sean thought I was going to throw a party. He thought there was going to be fireworks. No. When you're a winner and you've been there before, you act like you've been there before. And I've been there before, right? That's two weeks in a row, right? Two weeks in a row, baby. I'm hot to end the season leading up into next year if we can still stay in the air. Um, All right, so let's jump right in. We're going to jump into the Monday first. We'll talk about a little NBA news. LeBron James died. Did you hear that? I did hear that. Is he ever going to play again? I don't know. He's listed as day-to-day, but I I also heard that that, um, somebody was preparing a eulogy. I don't know. Does day-to-day mean three weeks from now? I'm going to sit on the bench. I'm going to coach my team from the bench. Well, he might be in the GM's office as well. I lit a candle for him. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. I did light a candle, but... LeBron is out. The Lakers lost to Boban, whatever is Boban, one of those guys one, out there. One of those guys with the weird names. Um, nice step back jumper yesterday. And listen, I'll tell you what, with Rondo being out for three weeks and LeBron being day-to-day and he's probably going to rest that thing up, I don't think these Lakers are ready to win. You don't think uh, Ball can take over? I do not think Lonzo Kuzma Ball. Action? 
Kuzma had 33 last night, but I don't think he can take over a game the way, obviously, LeBron James can. And I just don't think this team, if this team's going to make a trade, it's going to be coming soon, especially if they go into a dive. You're going to start hearing Damian Lillard talk and whatnot. What about um, Anthony Davis, no? No, man. I think the Pelicans are, are going to go for that last-ditch effort kind of thing. Like I said, I don't think this is the year that they're going to trade him. I said that earlier on the pod. I know you listen to every single one intently. That I do. That I do. Um, I think they're going to hold on to him. I mean, they're not doing that bad. I don't know where they are in the rankings, but I think this is this is the last the last hoorah for them to try and keep up. Oh, they're ranked 14th. Maybe they will trade him. Shit, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I didn't realize they <laughs> so were doing that So what would the Lakers bad. have to give up for Damian Lillard? Damian, okay, you, I, I was thinking AD there. I, I'm glad I rethought that. Damian Lillard, they'd probably have to give up Alonzo Ball and a first-round pick. Now, if you're the Lakers, do you do that for Damian Lillard? Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I think Lonzo Ball plays really well with LeBron, but Dame Lillard's a superstar, and he's going to re-sign with them. He wants to be in a big market in L.A. He's from Compton, so I, I would do that. He's only 29 years for, old. Uh, Portland as well, because now oh, you get a yeah. first-round pick. You get a young point guard that plays defense, can run the floor. Absolutely, and you already have a guy that can shoot and play on and off the ball in Kyle Kuzma. He doesn't – Kyle Kuzma. In C.J. McCollum, he doesn't need to be a ball-dominant type player. He's proved that with Dame Lillard, so – I think, honestly, that's a win-win trade for the both of them. We'll have to see how that plays out. But, again, Sean has referenced this before on the pod that I think the Lakers are holding all their chips for AD. Now, what would you have to give up for Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis, you're looking at probably two unprotected first-round lottery picks, Brandon Ingram, and another chip, whether it be a Josh Hart or a a Josh Hart or Brandon Ingram together. You're going to have to give up, like, everything because that's that's trading the franchise. the Pelicans than it is for the Lakers. No, absolutely it is, but, I mean, Anthony Davis is probably the best, most talented player in basketball right now. So if you have Anthony Davis and LeBron on the same team, does that is that good enough to win the West? You're asking if they're the automatic finals contender? Yes, I believe they so. They could beat the Warriors? I, b- or, I uh, think they could beat the Warriors with those guys. With those two guys, imagine that pick and roll, dude. Either way, yeah. I mean... Even it's Davis can scary. handle the ball a little bit too. So a pick and roll between those two, I, I think that's pretty much unstoppable. Um, but, yeah, so the Lakers are, are in a little bit of hot water. We'll have to see how that goes. But I see them – I mean, listen, they lost to the Kings without Bagley. So I think Bagley's out for like two to three weeks or something like that. Yeah, so that, that one doesn't look too good to me. Next up on the list, we got the Golden State Warriors. Is the sky falling? They are second ranked. But Clay Thompson forgot how to shoot. I'm a good shooter. If he wants to hit me up anytime, he's welcome on the pod. I'll give him a few pointers. Keep that elbow Just in. Get him in the gym. Get yeah, him in the gym. yeah. Get him in the gym. Um, they they had a couple. They had a big game from Curry, but again, Dame Lillard hit a game winner on him last night. Seth Curry looked pretty good as well. Um, but also, are I you haven't worried? heard about like Durant recently. It's just been you know. Seth, yeah, Seth me- mediocre for himself. Yeah, you know, I mean, good, av- good for every other NBA player. Yeah, for himself. Every other NBA player is having the best week of their life, but him, it's it's good. Um, yeah, I, I, are you worried about the Golden State Warriors? I'm not worried at all because I don't think it means anywhere, wherever they're seated. I don't think they care. They could be a five seed. I mean, who the hell cares? They're not going to be. They're going to be a top three seed, most likely the number one overall seed. But yeah, I mean. I'm not worried in the sense that this is how I see it. I'm not worried for this season period. They're going to win the NBA championship. I'm more concerned for the future of them. I think all hopes of keeping Kevin Durant are out the window. So where's Kevin Durant end up next year? I'd like to say I'd like to hope for the Knicks, but I think he probably goes to an LA Clippers. 
something like that. Maybe even a Brooklyn Nets as a dark horse. I know Sean's out there having his midlife crisis. I don't want to send. Him, I don't want to send him into another into another tailspin. He's already buying his Nets Kevin Durant jersey. Yeah, no, he's definitely making him custom on NBA.com. But I, I don't want to send him into another tailspin. But I mean. Uh, those are two candidates for me. And another thing that's another dark horse thing is they may lose Clay Thompson as well. So it would just basically be Steph Curry all over again. And Draymond. And Draymond. Yep. And yep. then you got to rebuild again. And then when you're at that point, Steph's past his prime. Yeah, Steph's already, Steph's already a little bit older of a player. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. But, again, this year, am I worried? Are you worried? Absolutely no. not. Not at all whatsoever. Um, so after who do they that, play? Who do they play in the, from the East? Sixers... Raptors. Toronto Raptors, man, and I had them picked from the beginning. I mean, I'm a genius. We all know that, but Kawhi Leonard's playing great. He's still not playing that much on back-to-backs, but I I think he's playing really well, and Kyle Lowry's really bounced back. The guy out of Indiana, I forgot his name, the guy they got last year is a stud on both sides of the ball. Ibaka's really embraced his role. That team just looks really good, and Danny Green's playing really well as well as a two-way player from the Spurs. That's a good-looking team, and they are number one in the East right now. They are number one in the East, but uh, what, do you, what do you think about you know a team like the Philadelphia 76ers, who are a young team? You know They have nothing to lose. Jimmy Butler looks great. I think the Sixers' ceiling is conference finals since I've watched them. They don't know how to play together. They never had a training camp, and I just think that the Embiid complaining that he's not getting the ball thing, I don't even think it was complaining, doesn't really – it doesn't bother me, but I do think it's affecting them negatively and when you have a ball dominant guy like Jimmy Butler I mean really what can Ben Simmons do so how long does it take him to mesh that team I I don't think it's mesh at all uh, no I think they're talented enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals but I don't think that it's going to get them over the hump to the NBA Finals if you watch a game Ben Simmons hit his furthest shot of his career it was at the free throw line (laughs) it was a little bit further out it was actually a 25 foot shot that he hit and it was only because he forced it up fade away with point seven seconds left on the shot clock and it just happened to go down but I mean that's just to put it in perspective Ben Simmons is not going to be running off screens and playing off the ball he has to have the ball in his hands and when him you and basically Jeff, don't you don't have to guard him on the offensive until he gets to the paint. You don't have to guard him on no, the No, not at all. I mean, the only thing you got to worry about is him is somebody making a backdoor cut and him hitting him right on the hands, but again, you can tighten up on those guys, but uh, then Jimmy Bo- the thing that the thing that I've seen from the Sixers games is that the reason why I say they haven't meshed yet is because Jimmy Butler needs to take the responsibility of I need to play off the ball and I need to make plays off the ball more often than I am because you know Simmons isn't going to be able to do it. He's not going to get a jump shot by the end of the season. This is a multi-year kind of thing. Three years from now, if you tell me that he's shooting, you know, 32 to 35% from three-pointer and 80% from the free-throw line, because if you don't remember, LeBron James was not the lighting the world on yeah. fire, but now he's more than a serviceable three-point and free-throw shooter. Now you have to guard LeBron at the top of the key. Exactly, where before you used to, people used to say, oh, just sag off of him, you know, let, let, let him get his from the outside, and that's the same situation with Ben Simmons. I mean, I also look at the Sixers. I haven't watched much of them this year, but why is Embiid shooting all these three-pointers? I mean, that's the new NBA, man. There's really nothing you could do about that. Of course, would you like to see him go dominate guys and talk shit with his back to the basket? Yeah, but that's just not how they play anymore. And, and I don't think it's an Embiid problem at all whatsoever. The guy is playing more minutes than I or anybody else would have guessed. He's averaging like 35 minutes a game, and he's played every single game so far, which if you told me that at the beginning of the season, I'd tell you you're fucking crazy. But 
My one thing with the Sixers is, like I said, just they don't they haven't figured it out yet with Ben Simmons and and, and Jimmy Butler. And if they're not going to do that, they're not going to make it past the Eastern Conference Finals. And so they it's might just not a, a race to. to see who loses to uh, Golden State in the finals. Yeah, well, we already knew that. I mean, even last year, Sean and I were just saying congrats to the Golden State Warriors in February when we first started our podcast. And, you know, you had your nice storylines like the Denver Nuggets are in first right now, but come on. Are the Nuggets, first though, is yeah. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Jokic going to beat the Golden State Warriors? No. no. In seven? No way. Because Draymond's going to turn it up, and he's going to be an antagonist to Jokic. And those guys are just not going to be able to guard and the Clay perimeter. Thompson's going to hit 10 three-pointers in the first half in yeah. a game. And, There's just you know, too many guys on that team that can get hot. I mean, you remember that game a few years ago before Kevin Durant came over when Clay Thompson hit, took two dribbles, but he scored 40 points on threes, and that propelled them to the finals. I mean, like, this team just has too many weapons. And I know Clay's in a shooting slump, but he's probably, I don't know, the fourth greatest shooter of all time right now. By the time his career is over, he's probably going to be the second greatest behind his teammate Steph Curry. I'm, I'll put my money on that he's going to figure it out within the next two weeks. Oh, I totally agree. I, I, totally I wouldn't, I wouldn't I worry about that at all. I think the Warriors are just fine being where they are. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm more concerned for the future of the Warriors, but who Definitely. cares? Live it up. You had your fun, Warriors You had your fans. championships. You're going to get your championships, so then it's time to rebuild. Exactly. And uh, it's just cyclical. That's just the way it goes. Everybody's got to get their money. But why don't we go up and down the league before we move on to the next topic, and we'll talk about some things that have surprised us. Uh, first in the Eastern Conference, we already referenced the Raptors, number one. Looking after that, w- what do you see that stands out to you? Because we already talked about the Sixers as well. What stands out to me is the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what stands out to yeah, me. Yeah, well, you were saying earlier, the Bucks, Pacers, Sixers, everybody's young. young up They're there. all young teams. And now for me, honestly, that's more of a reflection of the of the six of sorry, of the Eastern Conference being top heavy and not as good as it once was back in the early days. And the Western Conference has been dominant for years, more than it is these teams are good. I think Aside from the Bucks, who I think could be there just because they surrounded Giannis with three-point shooters and Budenholzer finally figured out that give Giannis the ball for 20 seconds out of the shot clock and let these shooters make threes, and they are long as fuck on defense. But aside from that, if you look at it, the Pacers and the Pistons in six, Hornets, Heat in, in uh, those seventh and eighth, three those guys would be 14 and 15 in the, in the Western Conference. Exactly. And I think, the Pacers, record, I think the Pacers and the Pistons would get dominated as well. Do you think that anybody like the Pacers or even the Milwaukee Bucks make a big splash and sign somebody big or trade for somebody big, say, hey, we can compete with the Warriors? Nah, the Pacers already made their moves with Tyreek Evans, and, and and I think they made a couple extensions, and I really think they're hoping for Miles Turner to turn it around because he's had two down years in a row. Three down years in a row, you got to give up on a player, if yes. you ask me. Um, but I don't think the Pacers are going to make a move. The Bucks are an interesting team, though. They have a couple expiring contracts at the end of their bench that they can move. Like, if you got another piece with Giannis, like, even if it's a guard, like another guard that's, you know, like a Dame Lillard. If Dame Lillard played with Giannis. Uh, I don't think they have the pieces to swing for him, for them unless, you know, you package a Chris Middleton with an unprotected first and an expiring. But And, again, they have Bledsoe and they have Brogdon down there. They have there. a lot of good role players that are playing yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, honestly, if you ask me what the Bucks' best move was, aside from hiring Budenholzer, who has them playing in second, they may not even have to make a trade. Their best move was not re-signing Jabari Parker. Correct. Who is not even playing for the Chicago Bulls right now, believe it or not. And that's tough because that guy's career was completely decimated by like injuries. You tore both your ACLs, one twice. You know, it's going to be rough. 
Yeah, that that's definitely going to be tough. But I mean, again, my Orlando Magic are down to number ten. They're going to make a run. Did I mean, you say the Nets. Your Orlando Magic. Well, I did pick them to make the playoffs oh, this year, so that's, that's why. Um, the Knicks are fourteenth. Not really much to say about them. But you're happy about that. I'm definitely happy about that when it comes to the pick, and they're still fighting in games. Last night, Cantor got ejected, and everything went downhill. It was a tough game to watch, but that's what Cantor does. He's gonna he got ejected because he got into it with Giannis. I want that out of him. Do you, if you're do getting you think into that Porzingis with, ever comes back this year? Plays? Yeah, I think he's gonna come back this year for sure and prove that he's even healthy. if the Knicks are. 30 games under 500 yeah, I just think, to get some I run. think he'll come back to get some run and to prove to, free, to other free agents that they're trying to attract that he's healthy. Sean, I didn't think he was going to play, but Sean convinced, believe it or not, Sean, the loopy dude that isn't even on the pod today, convinced me that I, he thinks Porzingis is going to play. He's sitting knitting somewhere. He's knitting a scarf or something. Yeah, right yeah, now. right yeah. now, just shaking. Uh, like relentlessly but yeah again aside from that i mean the wizards are starting to come up in the east a little bit but they're, they're a move to be made for the wizards whether it be they go out and get a guy or whether it be they just sit back i, I don't know what's i think the wizards there. go out and get a guy um, okay you know another... who are they gonna trade though <sighs> does anybody want john wall no nobody wants that john contract wall, right? is literally just i mean there's nobody on that team that you your you know your favorite player otto porter jr uh cement shoes like there's nobody that they can give up besides picks because nobody's gonna want outside of Bradley Beal obviously, but they're not. Yeah, gonna but give then up you Bradley have to make Beal. the contracts match as well, which yeah. is why it's really difficult in their handcuffs. So it's I think if they make move. any move aside from trading Trevor Reza and a pick, who's a guy that's an expiring contract, aside from doing that, there's really Didn't nothing they just you can get do. Trevor Reza? Yeah, but Sean and I both think that there may be another move to be made. But aside from aside from giving things up a la Bradley Beal or if somehow they can swing into some idiot team, if it's the Knicks I'm killing myself, a John Wall, there there's really nothing they could do to bring more assets in. I mean I if you look at it if you're a Washington Wizards fan or, you know, a part of that team, you're thirteen and twenty two. What is one of these big guys gonna do for you this year? You're you're gonna be what, a six seed maybe? Six seed if they get hot, because right now, I mean, 13 and 22, you're one of the worst teams in the East right now. So, I mean, if you're that bad in the East, that's really tough to look at. But the Cavs are down at the bottom. We really don't have to talk about them. Um, But let's move on to the Western Conference here. So we talked about the Nuggets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Paul George, in especially they're playing out of their minds right now. Paul George now. is playing out of his mind, yeah. Yeah, no, he's going to be an All Star. You know Russell Westbrook. That's and, why I didn't uh, even bring Stephen him. Stephen Adams is playing well too. Yeah, he he's definitely one of the best role players. He got voted toughest in the NBA, if that means anything. But I really like Stephen Adams as a role player. Is and that really a thing? Toughest in the NBA? Yeah, there was a player vote, believe it or not. So I mean, toughest in the softest league. That's uh, that's that's a big time award. The Clippers are still tucked in there at four. Believe it or not, with their best player being who? Tobias Harris, probably. I, I can't even outside of Tobias Harris. I don't think I can name a player on that. Well, team. Lou Williams. I oh, could go Lou, up and down yeah. the roster, I mean, could, but yeah. NBA is my thing. Yeah. Um, like Trailblazers just won last night, and, and and they're looking pretty good. And then another team, Kings are still in the playoff hunt. And then the last team I want to talk about here, because the Mavericks have fallen out. I think Utah 12 is probably going to figure things out at some point. I think you would hope. But is the Houston Rockets and James Harden really making a case for a back-to-back MVP here? I mean, the and guy's know, scoring 40 points a game, basically. Yeah, in the last nine games, he's averaging 39.8 points per game, and he put on an absolute show last night against Kyrie and the Celtics. But if you look at if you look at Harden now, he's putting up these 40-point games, and how close are they? Like, you need him to score 40 points. Yeah, no, you, especially because, I mean, they lost Ariza, which was really tough for them. P.J. Tucker does not do anything except play defense and shoot corner threes. And then the guy that they went out and got last year in Chris Paul, he's looking older by the minute. 
he really is. And he's been out in and out in the lineup. And, and I don't think that team's nearly the powerhouse that they were last year. I'd still be worried about them in the playoffs, especially if they sneak in as one of the lower seeds. Is I mean, it, if they like end up playing Denver, I think that could be a great series. Even oh, I think like that goes seed, seven. Definitely man. goes seven. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that pretty much wraps up the NBA. We're going to move on to NBA uh, to uh, NCAA basketball because, listen, the NBA, it's still early in the season. We're not even close to the All-Star break, but there's a few interesting things going on, especially the Denver Nuggets being the number one seed right now. But you and I both think that that's probably going to change. They'll probably the be year. like a 3-4 or something. Yeah, like no, and that's good because that's a young team, and Jokic is playing like an MVP candidate, and they got a lot of good players surrounding him, Paul Millsap and, and the rest of that gang out there. But let's move on to college basketball, and we'll, we'll run up and down the top 25 right now. Your Kansas Jayhawks have fallen. Your Kansas, you took a graduate class and then dropped out to get yeah, your money I, back I, from I what I remember there. Prove I wasn't a fraud. Yeah, um, Nevada, I, Nevada's still hanging in there at 12-0, and 0, and I think they're going to run the table in their conference. They I mean, are, come they, on. but they also haven't really played anybody. No, not they, at all, they, but they, that's what pisses me off all, is yeah. because St. John's can't sniff the top 25, and they haven't played really anybody either, but they're 12-0. and 0. Yeah, but also if St. John's was preseason ranked 14, they would stay at 14 being 12-0. and 0. No, you're right about that, but Duke is back up there at number one, deservedly so. That that team is absolutely insane, and the Zion sweepstakes is going to be. This is the biggest. This is the biggest player out of the out of the that's going into the NBA draft. But I don't even think LeBron. he's the best player on his team, though. I really don't. Who do you think's the best? Uh, Cam Reddish. I just like Zion because he's a dog. He fights on every possession. He can shoot, and he's so graceful at 280 pounds, yeah, man. He's a big boy. There's like two players in the NBA that are heavier than him, and it's not like he's fat. That dude is just so, like he's a, like a solid thick. Yeah, he can move. No, no, he would be an incredible linebacker in the NFL as well. Michigan climbs up to number two. Can they're, you believe that? They're they're undefeated as well, just like your Johnny's twelve and all. They haven't really. Who who have they played? I, can't, I don't think they've played anybody. I actually, they they beat a couple teams earlier in the season in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but they haven't played anybody that notable yet. I mean, they played Purdue when they were ranked. Uh, they they beat down Villanova when they were ranked. Yeah, yeah, but again, that's like college football. Oh, they uh they they took a crap on uh North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, Carolina. I remember that as well. Um, Tennessee continues to roll, it, and you predicted that on the other pod that you were on when you were a guest, not a host, but a guest. A guest. Now you're I in the big leagues. Um, you they they beat on that you predicted the SEC was going to be big, and they had a huge win over Gonzaga, yeah, right? They the thing about Tennessee is their defense is so good. Like yeah. in the SEC, your defense has to be good, and you know Gonzaga doesn't see those teams out there. Um, so Tennessee is putting these beatdowns on people where if they score fifty points, they could still win that game. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, they're just locking up on defense, and then Virginia's just playing the way Virginia does with the full court press and everything. They're just going to suffocate teams. Eight but I don't see before them. you shoot. That's Virginia. Yeah, goal. exactly. But I don't see them going very far in the. Uh, in the tournament again. I no. mean, they're not going to lose as a one seed again, you but never know. you do never know. You got to play the games. Moving up next, Kansas. So, what do you think about this team this year? I know you watch them intently. I mean, I did go there. So, uh, yeah, for I 10 seconds on the fraud. computer in on New York. But um, they're good. They're missing their best player, though. He's not coming back into conference play. Yudoka Hazabuki, the guy that's seven feet, two, two human beings. Two human beings. And yeah. One. What do you see him as a draft prospect? I look like late first round, probably because okay. he's a project. He's a project. He, you know, hasn't played basketball before, and now he's playing basketball. I can is see he? A team, is he playing basketball? He's well, not right now because he's hurt. <laughs> he's a, he he is a basketball player, but um, I could take I could see a team taking a risk on him later, saying I can develop this kid and he could be really good, good back to the basket kind of guy, 
but he can't shoot. Not at all. Not at all. Like he reminds me of a bigger version of Willie Cauley Stein, a guy that can't shoot but gets the rebounds, gets the blocks, plays defense. That's okay. What reminds me of. I mean, those players are still valuable in the NBA. The thing about Willie Cauley Stein is that he's a hyper athlete. Yeah, and that he can guard. Not. He can guard like four different positions. Yeah, four times down the court, he, the guy's out of breath already. Yeah, no, he's definitely gonna have have to get himself into shape. I, I don't know how that one's gonna go for him, but I mean, if you told me if you comped into Embiid, where the guy's got incredible touch and he's got footwork like he's six foot six, you know, one hundred and ninety. Embiid was pounds. shooting shots from the free throw line, which you wouldn't even expect at Kansas. Yudoka can't even get out of the block to shoot a jump shot. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky's a little bit low for me, but again, this Kentucky team is not as good as the ones that we ex- we were um, seeing in the early 2010s with the John Wall teams and the that was 2008. But then moving up to Anthony Davis, and they're not just they're just not getting Calipari's getting beat at his own game. But it's also a very young team, and it's not like a Duke young team. You know, they have all freshmen, and they they play in a tough SEC as well. They have some good wins this year, but they also have some bad losses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think they'll do good in the tournament. They'll do okay. They're not going to win a national championship, but I think they'll be fine. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Conference play starts next week. We'll really start diving into college basketball then because before conference play, nothing really means much. Yeah, there's two teams on this top ten right now, Nevada and Gonzaga. They probably don't They probably don't uh, lose a game in conference. Those yeah. Those two teams. Those teams. Nevada might finish the season undefeated. St. John's won't lose a game in conference. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Are you breaking something to me? I mean, St. John's is good, but who have they played? Nobody. They played VCU who lost anyway. So. But we could talk about them later, though. You no, can, yeah, you can we'll, gush for a little. We'll, bit. we'll talk about we'll talk about St. John's later on later on when conference play starts and they lose their first three games. Are there any surprises to you in this top twenty-five? Um. Honestly, Virginia Tech's a little bit of a surprise, especially with one loss, but that's another good defensive team, very skilled and a veteran team. Aside from that, not really. Florida State has some hyper-athletes on it, and they, they can run up and down with anybody. And Michigan State's always going to be there, as much as we dog on Izzo on this podcast. Agreed. Is he they, welcome They're on the always pod, there. What? Is he welcome on the pod? Um, With the Larry Nasser stuff, how much does he really know? Hmm. No, he's not. <laughs> not welcome on the pod with that kind of stuff going on. But let's move on to some NCAA football. Um, everybody, including you, know that I am not the biggest fan of the NCAA football. I'm more of an NFL guy myself. Um, we are not talking about any of the bullshit balls that don't matter. But next week is the Alabama versus the Oklahoma game. And I don't know when Notre Dame-Clemson is. I have yet to look ahead to that game, to be honest with you. But Alabama-Oklahoma, what's what's the spread on this game? What are you handicapping at that? 14. 14? I think I said that, and I think Sean said 17, so another one, another point in the I think it's going to be closer than 14, though. Do you? Okay. Do. What do you think is going to happen? Um, I think Kyler Murray is going to try and score every time that he's on the field. Obviously, that's the game plan. Yeah. Um, well, especially when you're Oklahoma. But if, you, if you're Oklahoma, every time you touch the ball, you need points. You need points. You can't go three and out against that defense. And we, you got to find ways to score. If it's special teams, if it's a fumble recovery for a touchdown, if it's a punt return, if that's the only way Oklahoma's going to win that game or come close to winning that game is they need, they need I wouldn't say luck, but they need fortune on their side when it comes to like the special teams or defensive play, strip sack, something like that. Yeah, I know. If you're going to beat Alabama and Clemson, Clemson's a different story because they're basically an NFL team as well. I mean, we've said it on the pod before. 
you put Alabama and you put Clemson in a different category when it comes to college football because they're really not a college football team. Any other team than that, you need to play an absolutely you need to play a perfect, perfect game. Perfect game. You and they need, and Alabama needs to play probably a B minus game. If if Alabama plays a B minus game and Oklahoma plays an A plus game, they still can win that game. Yeah, no, I think I think Clemson. Sorry, I think Oklahoma needs to play literally an A plus. Literally the greatest people will be calling that the greatest performance you've ever seen. And Kyler Murray, they'll be have to saying, even though he's small or whatever, this guy has to go to the NFL. That's how good he has to play. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. He has to. I would say if he's not throwing for 400 yards, that team's not winning. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he's good. not only that. He they can't like honestly, if they punt more than twice, they're done. They can't go opinion. three and out. You cannot go three and out once in your own territory. That's can't. crazy. That's crazy to even think about like how much better Alabama is than a top four team in the league. So give me a score on this game. What are you thinking? I really do think Alabama wins. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean they're just too good. They're too good on every aspect of. Again, you're getting defense. Sean excited. I know he's in his rocking chair at home, and he's he's, he's at the rehab. But yeah, yeah rehab same thing. I was just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I'm looking like 30, 13, 30, 17 maybe. Okay. Okay. So a little bit, a little bit closer than yeah. What everybody thinks. Yeah, but. I think I think it's thirty to seventeen. I just, you know, Kyler Murray's good, but I just can't see him lighten up Alabama's defense for 400 yards and three touchdowns. No, not a, not at all. I mean, if that happened, I think it would be the craziest upset of all time in college football. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Um, so let's move on to the next game, Clemson at Notre Dame. When is that game being played? It's the played? same day. It's the same day. It's before. It's at uh, 4 o'clock. Oh, of it's course before. Alabama would get the night game. Yeah, that only you know, makes you sense. Gotta get, you got to get all the fans there for Bama, all those fraud bandwagons. What, what, is that on New Year's Eve, that game? Uh, no, the game's on the uh, 29th. Okay, so what, what's the spread on that one? Right here it says 13. Clemson is favored by 13. Well, how do you feel about that spread? You think it's right on the money or no? Is that in the Vegas zone or no? I think it's close to on the money. Uh, I think Clemson definitely wins that game. Yeah. Um, that's another scenario where I think Notre Dame has to play a perfect game against Clemson. I think Notre Dame can make a few more mistakes against Clemson than Alabama than Oklahoma can against Alabama just because Lawrence is young, and I think that this moment may be – I'm not going to say it's too big for him, but it's going to be the biggest game he's ever played in his life, and you never know how a freshman's going to react to exactly. it. And I think he might actually have a couple turnovers. The thing that you look at, and you know, I've watched Clemson a couple times this year. Clemson struggles with teams that are fast, high octane offenses that don't let them sub in and out on defense, keep the same defense on there, uh, snap the ball at twenty seconds on the play clock, and keep running and running and running and running. Like they struggled with Syracuse this year at home, and you know, Syracuse is not a big time name. Big yeah, time although I will say they did. Tyler Lawrence did get a concussion in that game, but still, that Tyler Lawrence doesn't play defense, so you're completely right about that. Um, but uh, does Notre Dame play that way? I, I don't. I, I don't think I so. haven't seen them play that way either. No, they play they, a pro play, style offense. They play you know, take the time exactly. That's how they play. They get them up to the line. They're calling out mm-hmm. audibles and cadences and stuff. So, I mean, listen, I don't really have that much confidence in Brian Kelly as a head coach. I don't, I don't know either. who does. And you also you're facing Dabo Sweeney on the yeah, other side. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be changing the game plan. I don't either. They're going to stick to the same thing they've been doing all year and say, "Hey, we can do this against Clemson." and I don't think it works. Absolutely. So we're going to be looking at a college football playoff final of Clemson and Alabama. What else is new? Yeah, I, I would say that's almost inevitable, and it'll keep rolling like that. And the last thing is just is it's incredible, and we've said it so many times, how much better these two teams are. Because everybody wants everybody to go there else. and play. It's just like Duke. 
you know, in NCAA. All these kids want to go there. But the thing is, you're right. Everybody wants to go there and play, but football is just so much different than basketball because you have to play as a team in basketball. Football, you just have to do your job, and that's it. That's correct. And and it's not like Duke's rattling off. These two teams have been in the national championship almost every single year since it's been created. Duke doesn't go to the national championship every single year. Kentucky doesn't. You know, there's. I mean, come on, Loyola, whatever. Last year made it to the final four. Could you imagine? Would a, a an NCAA version of that? Would Utah ever make it to the to the NCAA playoffs? You can't even get what's it called. You can't even get uh, UCF in there. It's just a totally different ball game. It's just like so these do teams you think are so much better. More than four teams. Eventually? Yeah, I think they're going to move it to eight. I don't, eight. That's not going to matter. I don't even know if UCF it's a lot makes of it in the top to play eight for kids. You know. No, I, I agree with you, but I, maybe there'll be a buy system created, or maybe they'll cut down on the amount of games played to one less and put the championship game one ahead. But something's got to be done because these other teams have to get in there. It's also I mean, basically the same four teams almost every year. And I think Georgia was more deserving of getting in there than both Oklahoma and especially Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't play anybody. I I mean, this year they didn't have a cupcake schedule like they used to. I remember the days where Notre Dame played Navy, Army, and Air Force once a year. Yeah, no, and that was when they were playing USC and, and Reggie Bush and all them, and and they were getting to the final. They were getting to the BCS championship game against them, and it looked like men amongst boys. But, I mean, th- something's got to be done. I don't know how they're going to figure it out because it's not like you can do an NCAA tournament kind of thing. It's just a different sport. This It's such so physical. It feels like... Being in a car accident every time you play, you can't just play every every week like this, playing that high level game. I mean, but there something has to be done. I really look at this year at college football, and yeah, Clemson's good, but I feel like it's that year when remember when Notre Dame played Alabama in the finals and Alabama beat the doors off and was like forty eight fourteen. I think that regardless of who Alabama plays in the final, I think that's going to be the score. Really? Yeah, wow. I think Alabama is that good. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and that game made you just feel like that Notre Dame shouldn't have even been allowed to be on the same field as Alabama. It was over at the coin toss. Yeah, no, and, and I hate that. I, I really do, but that's just the way NCAA football is, and like you're a South Carolina fan. You went there as well. I think you got your doctorate there. PhD. Yeah, your P- yeah, uh, yeah, your PhD in psychology there, and, and it's just like you're a South Carolina fan. That's a big football school, or you're an – Michigan fan, Ohio State, although they won, or Oregon, whatever. You want to name these storied programs, and it's like, what are you guys rooting for? Exactly. What you know, do you root South for South Carolina's best Saturday? year, they finished fifth and played in the Outback Bowl. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you literally rooting for? That's that's another reason why I think college football is so stupid, because it's like, am I going to become an absolute fraud like Clown Sean? All right, sorry, Sean. I know you're going through a tough time. I shouldn't have called you a clown there. That was too much. I'm, much. I'm sorry. He's crying, dude. Um... But am I going to become a fraud and root for Alabama or Clemson, or am I going to or am I going to root for? I mean, I, I didn't go to a college with a football team, or, or am I going to pick a local team like, oh, I'm from New York, I'll root for Syracuse or Rutgers, and watch watch them either lose every week or watch them have a good season and not even have a chance to get in. That's what I think is so stupid. We're in NCAA basketball or the NBA or the NFL. You can at least in your brain kind of make a case like. All right, like maybe, like, like you said before, like Loyola made it to the final. Exactly, four. Like, like if I ha- went, anything can happen. If I went sports. to Loyola Marymount or whatever, whatever the name of that school was, Loyola Chicago, That's excuse it. me, like Sister Jean, Sister Jean, yeah, I'm I'm tired of that story. I've already said that a bunch of times, but 
Like at, at the very like how much school pride did they have? Not to sound corny, but like how pumped are you to go to those basketball games this year? You went to the fucking final four last year with blue bloods. Like how crazy is that? You will never, ever, 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 ever see that in the NCAA. No. And it's just like You won't. I don't know how you change it, but it, it, something's something be that fixed. can't be changed. It's I think if you're just a fan of football and you're like, hey, you know what, I you know, I want to get into college football. You just got to be a fan of football. You can't really pick a team because you're going to end up picking the Alabamas and the Clemsons and the Ohio States. You can't. Well, be, if you want something to root for, yeah. yeah. I think you just have to go in with a with a clear mind and be like, I just like football. I like good games and all that. I don't care who wins. And that's how you got to be as a college football fan if you didn't go to one of these big schools like Bama. Or, yeah, well, you know, not wherever. to get you too excited, but my prediction is Nick Saban does two years in the booth and then he coaches at University of South Carolina and brings them back. I don't think so. Not Nick Saban, Urban Meyer. <laughs> I was about to get me. really excited. No, there. no, no, Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. I think Urban Meyer. I don't. They, they there. like. They just extended Will Muschamp. They like him there. I mean, he's no Urban Meyer, but if Urban Meyer's <sighs> agent calls him and says, you know, five years for hundred milli or whatever, come on. I mean, you can't turn that down because of what he's done with programs, Florida, Ohio, and State. he's a great guy. He's a class act. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love cheaters, but it, it, cheaters and bad guys. He's definitely not a good guy, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be an exciting two games to watch. Finally, I will watch these college football games, and I can actually watch something that matters. Have I watched a second of a bowl game? Unless I'm at somebody else's house that that I don't have the clicker in my hand or the remote, whatever you want to call it. I know I haven't, and I won't. I'm not going to watch the uh, Meineke Car Care Bowl to see bowl. to see who gets a pair of Beats headphones at the end. I, I don't care. But let, let's move on to some football that actually matters every single week, and that is the NFL. So we'll go over the locals, and then we will talk a little more extensively, as much as it pains me, about Will's Dallas Cowboys. And NFC then we'll, East champion Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, excuse me with that, but then we will jump into the rest of the NFL, but begrudgingly I will have to talk about that. So let's jump into the Jets first. They lose in overtime to the Green Bay Packers. Are you mad about it? Forty-four to thirty-eight. No, I, I want the better draft pick. Um, I mean, he played well, but you're also up fifteen in the third quarter. Ended third well, quarter. I mean, this is a beaten down team. Todd Bowles is a dead man walking, and that's what bad teams do. They give up games to Aaron Rodgers, who's on probably one leg with an interim head coach. That if he gets re-signed, I, I will laugh my ass off. With a team that's decimated by injuries, I mean. But again, Aaron Rodgers had some late quarter, late end of the game magic. He clearly got the guys together and said, "Are we really going to lose to the fucking New York Jets right now?" Make Todd Bowles look good. And make Todd Bowles look good. No, no Donald looked good though. What Donald I had to take away from pros. that was that both New York quarterbacks, and we'll talk about the Giants after that, looked incredible. They did. Just the talent level around them, especially on defense, when you pretty much have Jamal Adams as the only guy and Leonard Williams as the only guys healthy left on that defense. Because Lee and all Lee got popped for steroids, and Marcus May's been out. You know better than anybody else. Morris Claiborne is is an injury machine, yep. and um, Tremaine Johnson's been hurt. I, I can go up and down oh, the list. Also, to be honest, you know, a bright point for the Jets is Robbie Anderson's turned into a really good wide receiver. He's yeah. a good, I would say, a really good number two. You need a star one. Yeah, but he's a and really the Jets have two. the money to go out and get a star he's one. He's a guy that takes the top off the defense. Yeah, no, he he's your Deshaun Jackson. Exactly. Which, he's not your number one, although he'll have number one type games, but then there's other games where he'll go two for 20 
on five targets. But no, I'm really happy with him, and I'm just happy overall with what Darnold has done. I mean, you're gonna get a top five pick regardless. Yeah, what, and my and question is, what do you do with that top five pick? Go and get the guy from Alabama that Sean's been pounding the, the table for. Yeah, absolutely. Jonah Williams, I believe. His name I, is. I think his name is. Uh, yeah, Sean always says Jonah. I, I mean, Sean, you know, he's in the locker room every week, so he he's talks on the field with these guys. right? Yeah, exactly. He's got the press pass and all that. The Sorry Sports press pass. Um, but yeah, no, go and get a left tackle, build from the inside out like the Dallas Cowboys, except better. And um, and and yeah, go out and get go out and get a left tackle, a guy that you're not going to be able to get on the free agent market because they're all locked up. And then what do you spend all that money on? You have like ninety million dollars in cap space. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be a little bit cheaper. I hate to say it, but I think Kareem Hunt is going to be really really cheap this well, year. You like bad guys, so. No, I don't like that type of bad guys. I like cheaters. Get it right. I don't like people cheaters that hit it. women or, or yeah. abuse children. I don't like that. But again, this is the NFL. It's a business, and if and if they're going to sign him, I'm going to cheer when he scores a touchdown. Exactly. And we've talked about this on the pod. I did the same the thing pod. with Des Bryant. Didn't yeah. like Des Bryant, but when he scored a touchdown, I was happy. You're throwing up that X every time. But um, I mean, and I think the Jets are going to spend money on skill positions and spend and spend draft picks on on the not so sexy positions. Okay, so what do you what do you project the Jets at next year? Record-wise, I think the Jets probably next year, depending on who they get, and you'll have to talk to me after the draft and after free agency. I think the Jets are an eight and eight team next year. I think they're sitting right around five hundred. If you told me they go seven and nine or they go nine and seven, right around there, I think that's exactly what they are. Which is good for the Jets after you had four wins this year. Like, yeah, that's a yeah, huge right around up. there. Yeah, even we'll if see you how they finish do with the sixteenth seed, sixteenth uh, seed, excuse me, sixteenth pick in the draft. Um, you're set. Like you have your future there. You're building around Darnold. You're giving him weapons. You're building up that offensive line. You're going to be seven and nine. Then you'll be nine and seven, maybe eight and eight. And then before you know it, you'll grab that wild card. That last exactly. Wild card and spot. Sam Darnold will only be in his second year. It's not like quarterbacks really evolve until their fourth or fifth year. Correct. And you know the the last thing I will say on the Jets, and I'm going to be saying this all year. It, it's just refreshing to finally go into a draft and look at the top four rounds and just say, "Oh, I hope they take that quarterback." Yeah, like you for don't have once to worry in my now. life, I don't have to say I hate. I hope that at least for a few years, unless Sam Darnold completely fizzles out, I don't think so. Though. I'm just excited to say I'm glad they. Ha- in my I'm glad opinion, Sam Darnold was the best quarterback in that draft. I think he was definitely the most. I think he's the most talented quarterback in this draft. Um, after seeing everybody, Baker Mayfield's Looks giving good. him a run Looks for his money, good. and he that does. guy's got a cannon. But um, I would like to see Darnold with the weapons Baker has. Absolutely, and I think the huge thing for Sam Darnold because everybody was down on him on midseason there. He's had a massive second half. Massive, yeah, like, exactly. And quarter because he was hurt for the middle of the season. Came out of the gates hot, got hurt, kind of had a few, da- kind of had a few dud games, but he's had really good games. And yeah. it has, he has really good games where he has no help. Yeah, like he's and throwing by, to nobody's by and all, the ball off to nobody's. I mean, everybody, even his running backs were all hurt. Crowell looks like he's out for the year. All he has is Elijah McGuire. I'm not, I'm not going to run up and down the Jets roster because I don't want to put you to sleep. But I mean. Like he's got no weapons, but you know what? You can't pin any of those losses that they've had in the yeah, last three weeks on, on him. When you put up thirty-eight points and lose, that's not on you. Not at all. Not at all. But let's move on to the New York Giants, and they lost by a point to the Indianapolis Colts, and that kept the Colts in the pro- in the uh, in the playoff race. And again, Eli looked pretty good to start that game out. I've said it all year, and as a Cowboys fan, it's tough, but 
Eli can still do it. You give him time to throw, he's going to make the throws. Yeah, and that's without Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram having a terrible second year. And he had a last, good game. He did have a good game on Sunday. He though. did. And the last couple weeks, I mean, I think that they're pumping the brakes on Saquon because they finally realize, like, let's just relax Yeah, we're here. giving him the ball 30 times a game. Yeah, exactly. But also we've seen as a Giants fan, if you're happy about one thing recently, even with Odell being out, is the emergence of Sterling Shepard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that guy's, gonna, that guy's a premier... I don't know how many, aside from, I guess, Thielen, because he's in the slot, can you can you name any more premier slot-wide receivers than uh, Shepard? Outside of him and maybe Julian Edelman. That's Golden really, Tate. Uh, Golden Tate's kind of past his prime. But past his prime, and he's also not playing well uh, yeah, on you, Philly. I, th- I really think you know Julian Edelman and um, Adam Thielen, if you put Adam Thielen in the slot, I mean, Cole Beasley, obviously. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen from this from the point of view uh, from a Giants fans' perspective, you're not mad. You're, you're not, not mad. mad. No, you're, you're competitive getting, and you're losing, and you're gonna get a good draft pick. Yeah, and you're not you getting your blown out. You're not the Arizona guys Cardinals. Been talking about for the last. Yeah, Herbert or I think Dwayne. Ha- I think honestly, Dwayne Haskins is in a Giant jersey next year. I'm calling it if he comes out. Well, the Giants. You don't think anybody takes him before the Giants pick? No, Jacksonville's gonna be before them. You think Jacksonville will be before the Giants pick? Yeah, Jacksonville has four wins, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you could be right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Jacksonville is really, really handcuffed with that Blake Bortles extension that they just gave him last year G- for having yeah, one good game in Pittsburgh. You're going to have to eat that. You're going to have to eat That's that. That's dead cap space, man. That's really difficult it, to do in the NFL. It is difficult to do, but I think even with the team that they have now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you have a quarterback that is better than Blake Bortles, you're better than a four-win team. Yeah, but I think that honestly— Isn't that Sean's playoff team? Yeah, Sean picked out to go to the playoffs. I didn't because I'm smart. You're smart. Um, but I think, honestly, Blake Bortles, not Blake, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jacksonville Blake Bortles, I think you're going to see Joe Flacco in a in a, in a, um, in a Jacksonville Jaguars I mean, I think Lamar eventually. Jackson has earned his spot as the starter as the Ravens. Listen, it's not pretty, but they're winning games, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but they are winning games, period, and I think they've played themselves into the playoffs. So. Well, back to the Giants. It was, a, as a Cowboy fan, it made you smile because it was a typical way to lose to, you know, the Colts, but if you if you're a Giants fan, it, you kind of throw your hands up and you're like, Odell's not there. We're not giving the ball to Saquon anymore. We kind of gave up. Yeah, and, and you can't be mad about it. Year. Do you want to win this game if oh, you're a Giants no. fan looking at the future? Not at all. No, no, not at all. But I mean, in, in the end, Eli Eli is going to probably start at quarterback next year. I, and if I'm a Giants fan, I'm not mad about it. No, what, I, are you going to bring in Bridgewater? No, you're not going to pay exactly. Bridgewater all that money to have a new guy learn the same exact system as Eli and probably be the same player. You sure up that offensive line, and I think the Giants are better next year. I think the Giants are at least 8-8 eight and eight next year with a shirt up offensive line. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And you know what's crazy is they cut, the, they cut Eric Flowers, and they made a few moves on the offensive line, and they don't look nearly as bad as they did last year and early on in the season Correct. this past year. Yeah, they don't year. look as bad. Eli no, was and they're starting to play as a game. unit. Yeah, so I mean, if you're a Giants fan, you're—I don't know if you want to use the word happy, but you're not like you were Week Four when you're like Eli's Manning's getting sacked six times a game. Yeah, no, not at all. But let's move on to the next team because the Giants and Jets are poised to be in basically the NFL's version of the lottery. We'll talk about—I guess you would consider it a local team for this game, just because you are a fan of them—and that is the Dallas Cowboys winning twenty-seven to twenty against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they could have lost this game, but Jameis Winston is, he doesn't have a quarterback's brain. I will put it to you that way. Dallas could have easily lost this game. Um, They didn't look good at all, but they did enough to win the game. Defense played well. 
They had four or five sacks. You won't be winning that game if that was a different team. Though. Exactly. If you're, you're playing the Bears the like that Saints, or the, the Saints, Bears, whoever, you're, not, you're, you're losing any, that game by Any 17. team in the playoff bracket right now, you're Correct. not winning that game. Correct. I, I, w- I would agree, but Dallas just went out there and said, we just have to find a way to win this game. And that's what they did. And even though it was 14-3 to at one point, you kind of thought, I thought to myself, this game's over. Regardless of what the final score is, we won this game. You saw Jameis Winston went on that long drive down the field, get strip sacked by Randy Gregory, and Jalen Smith takes it back to the house. You're you. You've got to be so excited about this defense this year. I am so excited, so excited. You have Jalen Smith playing like he never got injured. Leighton Vander Esch, who's could be defensive rookie of the year, probably won't be, but he's playing up there, playing that caliber. Yeah. And then the secondary, after moving Byron Jones to corner, he's one of the best corners in football. You don't even have to play Sean Lee. I mean, he'll be back, but we're not needing that's, him. That's some, that's the main thing right there, and that's what hits the nail on the head for me. For the last, what, six years, it was the Cowboys defense goes as Sean Lee goes. Yes. And now, no, you, he hasn't been on the field, and it's been the status quo for them. The only thing that worries me come playoff time, because the Cowboys did win the NFC East, the only thing that worries me is that defensive line. When David Irving gets back, yeah, it's better. He hasn't played in five weeks because he has a high ankle sprain. Where's my guy Taco at? He's behind Randy Gregory. He put him on the other side. Demarcus Lawrence is on the other side. He's an All Pro. You can't. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's tough to get these guys in, and that and that's why I think that benefits your Jets next year because I can see Demarcus Lawrence in a Jets jersey and moving Taco Charlton to that side. Yeah, absolutely. To save so, money. So, how are you feeling about my guy Jason Garrett, the Clapper? Well, he retained his job for another year. I can tell you that. Yeah, but for sure, man. Come on. Just the offensive play calling and also the time management has not been good. It hasn't been good. It. It's never been good with him at the hel- at the helm of the team. You you look you go back to big games where you know Dallas has forty seconds and a timeout left, and then they take a timeout and kick a field goal and leave the team thirty five seconds to get a field goal to win the game. Like that's bad. Yeah, you got at least management. you got at least two, maybe three plays left, and then you can kick the field goal. Yeah. I mean, I I know you probably didn't watch the game, but the first drive of the Cowboy game, Scott Linehan was calling these ridiculous plays that were amazing. The the read option, all that they go down and score a touchdown in eight plays. After that, it was complete opposite. He, they, no read option, hand the ball to Zeke, let him pound but it every why time. why is that? I don't understand I, I don't it. Get it either. And Zeke only, had, like, Zeke only had 85 yards in Yeah, that he game. only had 13 carries. Like, how do you not give that guy, I guess maybe because they knew they had the game in the bag, I don't know what you want to say, but how is this guy not getting 20 carries a game or at least 25 touches out of the backfield a game? Yeah, if, no, if, he should if, be. If Zeke goes, as the Cowboys go. That's how that offense works. Yeah. And that Amari Cooper trade, a lot of people can give crap that he's not worth a first-round pick. He's played like a first-round pick worthy. No, and I said that on the pod. I think he's definitely worth it because of what he propelled the Cowboys to. If the Cowboys kept playing how they did before the Amari Cooper trade and Cooper still played well, I would say no because they'd be a top-ten pick. But no, now it's going to be in the in the late teens to the 20s. Would you trade a late teens to a 20 pick for Amari Cooper Absolutely. who's 24 years old? Absolutely. 10 out of 10 times. Correct. The guy's going to figure out the drop situation. So they, Dallas ends up, they're probably going to play Seattle in the first round of playoffs. Tough game. We lost That them makes you nervous, right? It that makes me make nervous. The only nervous. thing that doesn't make me nervous is it's in Dallas. If it was in Seattle, I'm like, we're going to get smoked. Yeah. But it's in Dallas. We really don't have a home field. I mean, I would know. I'm a huge fan. We don't really have a home field advantage. But that Seattle team, I think, is beatable. They are also on a roll, which we'll probably talk about later. But they're beatable. There's, I, I think everybody Probably in the NFC the Niners, is, though. Yeah, th- exactly. But I look at everybody in the NFC right now, even though the Saints are 14-2 or going to be 14-2 and the Rams as well, all those teams are beatable. Rams are most definitely beatable after definitely, what I've they, seen the last couple of weeks. They've struggled of late, the Rams. Well, they, they just their offenses look vanilla lately, but we'll talk about that later. Last thing I want to ask you about the Cowboys, because we usually don't talk about out-of-market teams this deeply. I mean, I guess we do, because we do talk a lot. We have our own NFL pod dedicated to it, but I don't know why I'm debating myself. <laughs> 
Dak Prescott, 161 yards and a touchdown, 20 for 25. That's not going to do it in the playoffs. That that that's a that's you're right. That's not going to do it in the playoffs. But what will do it in the playoffs is that completion percentage. That completion percentage. I don't mind how many yards Dak Prescott throws throws for as long as he doesn't fumble and he doesn't throw interceptions. He could throw for 200 yards and a touchdown and run for one, and would you be surprised if Dallas had 30 points? No, not at all. But so, it, but uh, but again, I mean, if I'm just looking at that stat line period and, and you don't tell me the defense plays out of their mind and Zeke goes off, if you're telling me that stat line, I'm saying Dallas lost the game. Yeah, I agree period. with that. But if you look at Dak's, the Dak's best game this year is when they would have to come behind from the Eagles. And they, they won an OT, yeah, and they he threw for, like for 400. 400. Yeah. He's not going to do that, and yeah, I don't exactly. expect that, but I think you need at least 250 yards out of him. I, I would say anywhere from 200 to 250 yards with a great completion percentage. Okay. He likes he likes to throw. The thing that helps him when he throws for a lot of yards is he'll throw that 8-yard slant, and with Cooper, he breaks that for about 17, 20 yards. Yeah, Cole Beasley as well. He can fit into the tight windows exactly. and whatnot. And, and you know what? He's really found a weapon in Gallup. Gallup Gallup's a good. They don't give him the ball enough. Also, to your credit from bringing up the Dak Prescott stat, there's a lot of plays that you might watch Michael Gallup play that he burns the corner and Prescott misses him by six yards. Like, Gallup should have at least yeah. two 60 He's hung him out to year. dry on a few where he'll throw it three feet over his head and he's about to get sandwiched by the safety in Correct. the corner. But and Gallup's he's got to clean good. that up. Looking future-wise, him and Mari Cooper for the next three, four years, that's a pretty good wide receiver duo. Absolutely. So, so how do you feel about... Looking ahead to Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones has already announced that he is going to give him that extension, and he was a fourth-round draft pick, so it's early, a year earlier than everybody else. How are, how do you feel about him getting the extension? I think, I, in my opinion, you don't love it, but you have to do it in the I, NFL. I agree with it. I, I don't, it's not that I don't love it. I don't hate it, but... Well, no, you give me an honest answer, because as a Cowboys fan, I know for a fact you're going to talk yourself into it. Of course I am. But how but do you, you look truly at it feel honest, about it? Honest, I'm not mad about it, because knowing Dak Prescott, you're, you're going to have to pay him, but you're not going to have to give him Drew Brees money. You're not mm-hmm. going to have to give him Aaron Rodgers money. You can give him money where you can restructure it and get other guys there that can help him. If you get him guys that like Amari Cooper and you get a better tight end or Dalton Schultz becomes the next Jason Witten, which is you know few and far between... But it, Dak Prescott, if he does not turn the ball over, Dallas does not lose games because you also have to get the ball to Ezekiel Elliott 25 times a game. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mad about it. You're going to bring in another guy that's – I mean, the guy won Rookie of the Year. He went 13-3, and had a down year the next year. I mean, if you look at his numbers this year, they're not terrible. They're not great. I think he has 20 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 3,600 yards. But he also has 300 yards rushing with 4 touchdowns. I mean – you're going to find another guy that cuz Dallas is ready to win now. They're ready to win now. They're not pounding the table pounding. shit. I'm 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 into this, but they're ready to win now. So I think extending Dak is their best chance to win now. Okay. All right. So the game plan for Dallas to win in the playoffs is get the ball to Zeke 25 times at the least, probably closer to 30. It doesn't even have to be hand hand the ball off. No, no, no. Just get the ball the, period. Exactly. And the other thing is a Dallas fan can we do something other than hand the ball off on first down every single time? Because if you look at it, there's 10 guys in the pod. Well, you're on the air now. Start begging. Uh, like, Garrett can we get listens Garrett every on week. The pod? Can we get him on the pod? Um, I'd have to talk to Jerry. I'll put a phone call in. Yeah, well, that's going to be him on a string, you know. Yeah, got exactly. Um, but yeah, the game plan for Dallas is what get get Zeke somehow the ball twenty five, probably preferably thirty times a game. Defense keep doing what it's doing. Just and limit Seattle to, to no big plays. You ex- can't limit yes, Seattle because that's when Seattle's dangerous is when they get those eighty yard passes to lock it on uh, like reverse 
something. And the last thing is that you need a high completion per- percentage from Dak. Don't turn the fucking ball over at all. If he has zero, per- if he has zero turnovers, 198 yards, a rushing touchdown, probably 35 yards rushing and a passing touchdown, you're golden. Oh, that's that's money in the bank. It, it, I would not be surprised if Dallas put up 30 in that game. Because if you know Dak Prescott's only thrown for 195 yards. You know Zeke's running. Exactly. Yep, that's good. Um, so let's move on to our rundown of the games here. First game we're going to look at is the Washington Redskins losing and the, I guess you would say, the carriage has turned into a pumpkin on Cinderella's story here on Josh Johnson. They lose 25-16 to 16 to the Tennessee Titans. And I picked the Tennessee Titans to go to the playoffs they don't really do it for me after watching them this year. I almost have the entire playoff bracket right for the AFC, which completely defeats the fact that I'm losing to Sean this year in our picks, I know, in my opinion. I upset about that. If I look at that game, are you really surprised that Josh Johnson didn't light it up? No, I'm not at all. <laughs> I mean, that's a, ten, I mean, that's you, a you, solid defense that from Tennessee. T- I was surprised that the game was as close as it was. Was it a nine-point game? And Mariota got hurt, and I don't even know if he's playing this week. I but. mean, he's been practicing. He's been taking limited reps at practice. That's what I read recently. But, uh, I mean, there's not much you can say about that game. You just give the ball to Derrick Henry. This Finally, guy, they've unlocked Derrick Henry. This guy has been going off the last four weeks. Whatever it's been, he's been a fantasy Since he saber. had that crazy, crazy yeah, game. Yeah. Just give him the ball all the time. And then you mix in Deion Lewis who hasn't had a good year whatsoever, the le- the less decisions that Mariota has to make, the better the Tennessee Titans are. Yeah, and I think th- this is the Tennessee Titans' formula to win if they make the playoffs or win a game, period. On defense, just don't give up the big play because they're really good inside the box. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when, you're running, when they're trying to run in between the tackles, and Mariota has to make a decision whether it be handoff to Derrick Henry and or Deion Lewis or make a pass within three seconds of the ball being snapped. Yeah, well, he's a first-read guy. If his first read's not there, he's taken off. Exactly. And that's not good for him because he gets hurt. He has to make a decision period whether it be take off and run or pass or hand the ball off within three seconds. When he's in the pocket, bad things happen, period. He's not the type of guy where he's he's not Russell Wilson. He's not going to run around till his guys get open and do those crazy spin shits that Russell Wilson does and get out of trouble. That's not him. He's either going to get leveled and get hurt, throw an interception, or fumble the ball. If period. You, if you're if you're a Tennessee Titan fan and you're getting three, four, or five yards on first down, that's a win. That's a win. That's Absolutely. what you need. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, that's a win. Oh. It was Zeke gets like eight to carry, so it's fine. <laughs> no big deal. But, yeah, you really can't take much away from that game. That's a fringe playoff team and a non-playoff team playing each other. Let's move on to the next game. This one was tough for me because, you know, I'm in on the San Diego Chargers. L.A. LA. You're going to give me so shit? Pissed. You're going to give me Sean shit like Sean does? So God damn it. Um, the L.A. Chargers this year are my Super Bowl pick for the AFC. 22-10 to 10 against Baltimore. And listen, I know Chicago and Baltimore probably had the best best defenses, all, best defenses yeah. in the NFL, but you're only putting up with that offense. And you're I know, and I know, Keenan Allen got hurt early on in the game. Didn't Melvin Gordon get hurt too, or he's been hurt? Melvin Gordon didn't play, I don't believe, or he was, or he was limited. But still, Justin Jackson was going off against Kansas yep. City. They found themselves a third running back because Eckler is hurt as well. Mike Williams went off in that Chiefs game. You mean to tell me as Philip Rivers can only get ten points against Baltimore? I know. And that Baltimore puts up twenty-two at home, at home. And Baltimore puts up. Tw- I mean, that's not much of a whole field advantage. But yeah. aside from that, Baltimore puts up twenty-two on that defense when they run basically with Lamar the Jackson wildcat offense. That's what they run. It, exactly. I mean, I Lamar mean, Jackson's first read. If not, I'm taking off. It was one of those games that you look at as like a trap game. Not that they have somebody big to play 
on next on Sunday. But you know, you come off that big win against the Chiefs, and now you have to play a, a good defensive team in the Ravens, and that's what happens. Trap game, I guess, if it was like the Broncos where they're out of the playoff hunt, but this is a playoff team. They you're should right, not be right. taken lightly. I think they just had a letdown after they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, no, I would agree with a letdown a little bit more than a trap. But um, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens a little bit because, I mean, listen, it's never pretty. It hasn't been pretty in a really long time, but this team's been winning the same way since they beat the Giants in the Super Bowl in 2000 or 2001, whatever. Defense and the quarterback doesn't fuck up. Yeah, as long that's as, it. That's what you got to do. That defense is good enough that if Lamar Jackson does not turn the ball over, that team's going to win games. Because you look at it, Lamar Jackson makes plays that should be losses into six-yard games because he's that elusive. And then it's going to be a time, maybe not this year, maybe next year, that they're going to figure that out, that he does this when he hands the ball off, he does this when he drops well, back Well, that's when it comes into hopefully he turns into a better passer. Yeah, he's not going to be a – he's not he wasn't an accurate uh, passer in college. No, he's not going to be Drew Brees, but if he could be Cam Newton passing – I'm not saying Cam Newton where the guy's a fucking fullback out there running, but if he could be Cam Newton percent, passing percentage-wise. Okay, so you, uh, in your opinion, Ravens make the playoffs, and they make the playoffs this, this year. Do they go to New England? Do they stand any chance? No, but I think that game's a lot closer than what people are going to believe. I agree. I think that's a six point game. Like you said, as long as Lamar Jackson does not turn the ball over and they find some way to move the ball down field, and they can win games like they won this game. I mean, the guy's going to throw for what, 110 yards? Rush for 100 yards? Yeah. Like, that's that's big. That's a win. Absolutely. if If your quarterback's running for 100 and throwing for 100, you're not losing games. No. That, well, that's not the reason why you're losing games. And with that defense, definitely not. Let's move on to the next game, and that is the Eagles and the Texans. And this game was ugly. Uh, back and forth game. Deshaun Watson did all that he could to win, but this Texans defense has taken a major step back in the last few weeks. 32-30, to 30, the Eagles win. And I believe that they're still alive in the playoff hunt. They are still alive. Nick uh, Foles' magic. What, what it is is, well, one the Eagles made the bad decision of starting Carson Wentz when he wasn't ready to start. No, and and we I believe we said that last week. Had he started week five instead of week three, week six, I think we'd be talking about Carson Wentz's back. Yeah, and no, I think I, I, I don't have any. Gr- I don't think that Carson Wentz is going to be that quarterback where he had one great year and that was it. I think Carson Wentz is a money player. So what what but, it is for the Eagles is they have to win, and the Vikings have to lose, and they get that last wild card spot. The Vikings have a tough game. They're home against the Bears. The Bears who are fighting for a bye. Granted, if the Rams lose. So it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a fun Sunday. Absolutely. And the and the Bears and the the Bears and the Rams play at the same time, which is really interesting because it's not like the Bears can say, "Oh, okay, the Rams lost to San Francisco," which they're not they're not going to do, especially with how badly they've been playing recently. They're still not going to they're playing at the same time. So the Bears got to play all out. Do you look at this game that to say that uh, Texans have oh, they won the division, it's locked up, like, you know, let's take it easy? Or? I don't think so because it's not like the Texans are, a, as Sean would love to say, a battle-tested team. This isn't the New England Patriots. This isn't the New Orleans Saints. I think they got to keep rolling with that momentum. No, I, I agree with that. And I just think the Texans just flat-out lost this game. The thing that, that doesn't worry me as well for the Eagles is they have all these weapons on offense. You have Zach Ertz, you have Darren Sproles back, who makes everybody miss when you try Jeffrey. to tackle Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate. It, it, list goes on, but they have no defense. They have None, no man. Defense. They're picking up guys They're going to have to score 40 points. Everybody says. And you don't score 40 points a game in the playoffs. Especially Nick Foles. Nick Foles is a guy that likes to sit like in the 20s and the 30s. Like mm-hmm. Even in his best games, he's not going to go out and light you up, a la like, a Jared Goff when that offense is playing well. Patrick Mahomes, 
Drew Brees, you know what I'm talking about, those yeah, kind of exactly quarterbacks. He's not a shootout kind of quarterback. He's not that the, good. For the Texans, you're right. That basically a letdown game where you let the Eagles come back and win this game, a game that you, I think they were up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you're and not happy about that you're at not, all. You're not and Watson all. looked great. It was not his fault that they lost at all. No. When you put up 30 points, you that expect defense, to win. like you said, took a step back, more than a step back. Yeah, they can't get their to the corners, quarterback. Their corners are not playing well. They're, not They're giving the up big plays. So, But listen, it'll be really interesting to see. And, and you know what? As much as I fucking hate Eagles fans, I really don't like the NFC East at all whatsoever. I you hate everybody. Like I hate everything about the NFCs. The Redskins are terrible. They're the worst team in the NFL, in my opinion. I, I don't like Giants fans. I don't like Sean either. Yeah, I don't like Sean. Um, I definitely, I mean, we all know how I feel about Cowboys fans. Just you sitting across the table, I feel sick to my stomach. Yep. I mean, I don't like the division at all, but as much as I say that, it would be pretty incredible to see Nick Foles roll into the playoffs It again. wouldn't, actually. I don't want to see that at all. I want to see the Eagles going home after they won their Super Bowl last year. Go enjoy that. Get drunk again because you won last year. And let the Vikings get in there. Oh, you hit the mic boom there. Jeez, you are slamming everything right now. But let's move on to the next game. As expected, the New England Patriots won 24-12. to Well, you look at this game. The Patriots should have won this game by 30. Yeah, They turned absolutely. the ball over twice inside the Bills 20. Jake Allen didn't look good at all. This game was 24-12. to Jake was... Allen? Who's that? Oh, Josh Allen, Josh, buddy. Who's Jake Allen? I don't know. I think Jake Allen's the guy starting for Carolina this week. <laughs> oh, know. yeah? Um... But uh, and you, you think you think the Patriots should have won by like thirty? 30. Yeah, I, I th- it was twenty four to six with three minutes left, and they got a garbage time touchdown. It should have been like thirty four to six. I, there's not really much you can say about this game. Patriots did what they had to do. They win the AFC East again. I mean, I I don't see them ever losing that that division. So I, there's not really much more you can say. The Bills are up and coming. Allen's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. It, it shows that he can run. He can pass. He, Kid's got an arm. Yeah, and I mean, listen, the guy's the guy's been the most proficient rushing quarterback for the last like month. Yep, he's rushing for a hundred yards a game, and the Bills looks like they might have a have a quarterback they get there. Him some weapons though, Zay Jones is not not a number yeah. one by any means. But I mean, come on, that team is absolutely decimated uh, by injuries, and they pretty much let everybody go, including Tyrod last year. So you don't really expect much out of them. I'm looking this more from a Patriots side. Like you said, they should have probably won this game thirty six to twelve. And that offense really worries me, and I just don't think the Patriots are the same Patriots. If they go to the Super Bowl this year, would I be shocked? No, it's the fucking Patriots. But I I'd be pissed. I want to see the Super- I want to see the Patriots play a first round game. So and then win that game, and then have to go on the road to somewhere like Kansas City or Houston or whoever's going to be that. Well, it's still in the cards because yeah. Kansas City's fighting for the number one as well as New England. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Well, New England plays the Jets, so they're probably going to win that game. Darnold's going for four hundred. Oh, calling it. Mark it down. Put it on wax, kid. Yep. All right, so let's move on to the next game. 27-9, to Vikings beat the Lions. Is this exciting for you? Not at all. I, I, I probably watched this game. I mean, I saw it on Red Zone a few times. What? It's the, 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 the Lions just quit this year, and Stafford looks terrible. Like, absolutely awful. You, you traded you everybody, and... Stafford has Kenny Galladay to throw to, and that's it. It just makes me scratch my head why you trade for Snacks Harrison. Uh, yeah, you gave the Giants, what, a third-round pick for him? Yeah. So, I I mean, that one makes no sense. I mean, no Kirk Cousins sense. finally looked good. I guess you could take that away for the Yeah, game. well, he did have that 40-point outburst against the Dolphins as well. Maybe that new offensive coordinator, him and them two hooking up, will do it. And you know what? I take back what I said. 
I take back what I said. I don't want the Eagles to make the playoffs. I want the Vikings to make the playoffs and then Kirk Cousins have another shit-the-bed moment and the Vikings lose by 30 points and he has three turnovers, including a pick six. Just to say, look at that. Case Keenum could have fucking better done a better job I than this. I would agree with that. It put, you, you look at this game, and not that I watched this game, but you know, reading about it, Kirk Cousins is good when they can run the football. And I said this on the earlier pod that I was on. When he was good in Washington, you had Alfred Morris, and he's thrown for 4,500 yards and not turning the ball over. When he has to make the plays, he can't make the plays. And also he has a, what, 4-24 four, four and 24 against teams with a better record than him? Yeah, no, it's abysmal. But they should be able to run the football with Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray as a two-headed monster out there. And, he, and you can't say he doesn't have the weapons. He's probably got a top eight tight end in Kyle Rudolph, although he's had a bad year. Oh, he had a good game on Sunday. He did. Nine he caught that Hail Mary. Yeah. Well, it was all something about much, that field, huh? Uh, it was, it was pretty much that one play though, because he caught yeah. that Hail Mary. Yeah, but right. it was like a sixty. I mean, Thielen and Diggs are two top wide receivers. They're yeah. both number ones, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, they could be number one on anybody. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, this guy, they, they should not be battling for the playoffs right no. now. They should already have it so, locked yeah, like in. He said it's gonna be a fun Sunday. They're playing a tough Chicago team at home. They're going to lose that game. They're going to lose to the Bears? Yeah. But if they lose and the Eagles lose, they still get in. Yeah, because they have the tiebreaker. Correct. Um, but I, I see the Eagles winning this week. Well, they're playing you at quarterback for the Washington Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I could do a better job. Uh, but let's move on to the next game, the Hugh Jackson Open again this year. Baker Mayfield grilling him as if he quit a head coach job to become a, to become a graduate assistant, basically, uh, on and like he wasn't fired. Twenty six eighteen, the Browns beat the Bengals. That's got to be the biggest comedy show in the NFL. I really, honestly think that he's that Baker Mayfield is just so mad because he's like, if you like, I can't, I fucking can't believe that we would have been in the playoffs if you weren't a hundred percent. A hundred. The Browns should have started off what four now. They had that tie. They had that bad loss. They should. They should have started the season four and on. What are they? Seven. Seven. They should and be one like right a now? three seed right they, now. They should be. And yeah. Baker Mayfield's playing like a number one pick. Yeah. No, the, he's the, been incredible. The throws that he is making is unbelievable from a rookie quarterback. Yeah. No. And he's got a cannon. He's got an absolute cannon. And the thing is, though, he doesn't make bad throws. He doesn't make that bad interception. Like, yeah, it happens every now and then because he's a rookie, but. He holds on to the football pretty well. He doesn't make plays that cost you games. Exactly. Period. And also the emergence of Nick Chubb out of that backfield is huge. For yeah, that now. trade of Carlos Hyde was just a great Carlos trade. Carlos Hyde doesn't even play. He doesn't no, play he doesn't play in Jacksonville at all. I mean, you knew that was coming, yep. but I'm shocked that they traded what, I mean, also, a second I look or a at third it, round pick for him. Third round pick. I also look at the Bengals they gave up. Bengals quit the second Dalton went Got down. Yeah, I mean, you're starting. I mean, AJ Green's Driscoll out. At quarterback. Yeah, Driscoll's going to be a backup somewhere. Yeah, though. they're just he's going. They're going out there to play to play. Yeah. They're not trying to win games. Absolutely. They're out there making business decisions. But let's move on to the next game because there's not really much to say aside from Baker looks really good and uh, Hugh Jackson is Hugh Jackson. Uh, the Falcons beat the Panthers. Oh, Tyler Henneke played, or whatever his name is, played quarterback for Carolina. Carolina, man, that's a tough Was season. That seven straight losses? Yeah, yeah. They, they started off 6-2. and two, So, I mean, 24-10 to 10, they lose to the Atlanta Falcons. Another team, does Dan Quinn get fired? Because I think they said his job is okay. I think he should get fired. You're far, far far enough removed from that Super Bowl that you went to that you blew that lead. It's not like you lost a close game to. I mean, technically it was close, but you were up twenty eight to three in the third quarter. Yeah. And then you had a bad year after that, and now you're having an even worse year now. And I guess they made can, the playoffs last year, but okay. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. But also, you you look at it as you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt that you lost your whole secondary. 
Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, you have number twos and number threes out there playing corners and safeties. I think at the very least, two coordinators get fired. I would agree with Both that. I think he's back for one fired. more year. They're saying if we don't go somewhere in the playoffs next year, you're gone. Yeah, and Matt Ryan, I mean, he's having one of the best statistical years of his career, but the rest of that team just sucks. Yeah, it, I mean, if you're Matt Ryan, you're happy. You're throwing Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, who's having a phenomenal year as a rookie as well. Uh, yeah, but I mean, again, I guess I lost Freeman, but Coleman's definitely a serviceable backup. Coleman would start him on a lot of teams. In the he might even start next year for the Falcons. I yeah, mean, I, I wouldn't think bring he... Devontae Freeman back. I'll bring Tevin Coleman. Yeah, absolutely. But that game was again a nothing game. Neither team's going to make the playoffs. And here's another nothing game. Uh, this game the... actually surprised me though because the Jaguars are horrendous. And well, the Dolphins... they won seventeen to seven against the Dolphins in so. Miami. But I mean, not really that it matters. They play in Jacksonville, but. I don't. I don't get it. Miami looks somewhat good one week. They're they're battling the Patriots and whatever, and then they, you know, get seven points. Well, it's Jackson their head Network. coach. It's bad coaching, and they really don't have that many skilled players. I mean, what do they have? have? Kenyon Drake and Jar- um, Jar- no, not Jarvis, Jarvis Landry is on the Cleveland. Uh, Devontae Parker. That's really it. And Parker barely even played this year because he was upset with his contract. Kenny Stills is hurt, and Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. I know. I think that is a franchise that needs to blow it up and start all over. Absolutely. And I thought they were going to do that by getting rid of Jarvis and getting rid of Sue. I mean, they're going to end up finishing 8-8 eight eight this year. So, I mean, what does that do for you? Yeah, you're sitting at mediocre. Great. That's not where you want to be in any league. Nope. Any league at all. Move on to the next game after that. You had the Chicago Bears barely covering against the San Francisco Flyers. Yes, nonetheless, that is a cover. That's and I believe two. that is my sperm bank pick of the week. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Philip Rivers. Philip brought to you again by Philip Rivers, but we will talk about that when we go over our picks. I mean, this, this is, game was a let's get this win and get the hell out of yeah, here. Let's get the win. hell out of San Francisco. It just the Bears just did enough to win the game. Yeah, and you know what? I said that Mullins was going to be under a lot of pressure that he hadn't seen before and I was right, but I'm not counting that kid out. I think he's going to have a decent, I wouldn't say it, maybe as a starter, but maybe as a backup somewhere. I think he Because, gets, you know, Jimmy G's coming back for that team. Yeah, no, no, he won't. it won't be on this team, but... But you look at the I Bears. I think he probably gets uh, gets a chance to start somewhere. I agree. On, with a contract, and then after that, he's a good backup for five, six years. Sounds like Ryan Fitzpatrick to me. Sounds like it. Well, that's a lot longer than five, six years. The guy's been in the league but forever. But you look at the Bears. They, they basically say, hey, you're not scoring 10 points, we can score 14 and win. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, they play the 49ers. Will they hold? I mean, they did hold the Rams to under 10 points. And I think with their head coach, if they're playing a team like the Rams or like the, the Saints, year, I think Matt Nagy probably is up there for coach of the year. I don't know. He'll probably win it. But I think he looks. I think that he's got the offensive mind where if he knows that they're going to be in a shootout, he can score more points than that as well. I think that he could challenge a team if it's a high-scoring affair with the Rams or somebody like that where he can keep up with them and then have the defense generate a little pressure on one of those teams as well. Moving on to the next game, the Rams beat the Cardinals 31-9. to I had this game picked as well, and I was right. But you're killing it. You're killing it. Uh, I'm coming in hot at the end of the year. Is it's going to Sean's having a mental breakdown. Uh, it might be. Might be one of the many reasons. <laughs> we don't want to get into that on this pod though. That's for a different pod. Uh, I mean, what can you say? That's what, for Doctor Phil's podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> what can you say about this game? It's the worst team in the NFL. They're three and twelve versus a team that should be the number what two seed? Yeah, because the Saints are going to be the one. Well, they already locked that in. Yeah. So, so I mean. You didn't even have to play Todd early this game. You didn't even have to play Jared Goff this game, and you would have won by double digits. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't really have to say much, but hopefully, I mean, listen, I'm still, I'm still not, not confident yeah, on the I'm Rams. Like the, I look at the Saints as the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, granted, they're the one seed, but the Rams play Chicago again. Say they do. 
You put up nine points against him last time. Yeah, and it, you, it shows. Like recently, if you get that pressure on Jared Goff, he crumbles. He yeah. crumbles. Yeah, Throwing and you know picks, what? The offense the has been vanilla. Over. They're running the same exact offense every time. Three wideouts, a tight end, and a back. They don't mix it up at all. And I know I see all that bullshit with all the movement pre-snap, but at some point, coaches are going to watch the tape and figure that out. Clearly, that's happened. But I think, the and scary I think thing that they the need Rams. to have some two tight end sets. Put a wide receiver on the other side. You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you mean. But I think the scary thing for the Rams is, I think Todd Gurley's getting tired. I think he's getting tired. Hey, you think so? I, he they overuse him. They overuse him bad. Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy is because they have a good backup, backup uh, running Brown, back. I think. Yeah, yeah, something Brown. I know yeah. that, and, and he's serviceable. He had a great game. Yeah. Or oh, uh, C.J. Anderson. It was C.J. Anderson. Sandy C.J. Anderson again. They should, Todd Gurley should not play a snap in this game coming up too. Yeah. No. I, they they got to rest him because like even though you look at it, he'll have like 14 carries for 110 yards, but he also has seven receptions for you know whatever yardage. But 50, he's still getting, whatever. Yeah, but he's still getting hit every single time on those receptions. It's not like he's running out of bounds every time. Yeah, and he's in there every but single there's play. there's games that he's getting 28 carries. That's a lot of carries going back-to-back weeks with that many carries. And he's getting a lot of yards. That's a lot of wear and tear on the, on those feet. And I think he's getting tired. I, I Listen, you could be completely right. He probably isn't even injured. That he just needs the rest. Exactly. But, I mean, again, this was a, a 30-9 to nine game, 31-9 to nine game. So, we'll have to see how they do this week against San Francisco. This next game. Game of the week. Definitely the game, game of the week. The game of the week. The Pittsburgh Steelers all but got eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, I think they need a tie, a loss, they something need to, like they that. They need to win, and they have the, have the Ravens to lose. And the Ravens play. The Browns. I the believe. Browns. Okay, I mean, listen, Baker may come out there and try and ruin somebody's day. Do you think that... What are you thinking? Do you think because the Steelers always win that division? Yeah. Do you think the Browns are like, you know what, we're not going anywhere this year. Let's like put up a fight, but not really put up a fight because we don't want to see Big Ben in the playoffs again. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think that's how these teams think. I think Baker's just going out there and saying, I'm going to crush the fucking Baltimore yeah, Ravens' no, I agree. hearts. So, but this uh, game, I, this game, I mean, from both aspects, it was a very high offensive game. Steelers don't really have a good defense, so I wasn't surprised that not even Drew Brees threw for a lot. It was like Kamara, and you know, it was basically Kamara. Yeah, even Ingram showed up for once. Yeah, I mean Ingram was not what he was last year, and I really didn't think he was going to be. But again, the Saints are just the better team, and the Steelers do this shit I, I every just, year, and it finally has caught up to them. I mean, and it's sad as uh, if you're a Steelers fan, is you have Big Ben who's way past his prime. He could still get the job done, but you have one of the best, if not the best, receiver in football, and then Juju Smith-Schuster is probably the best two in football. Oh, not head and, and then, shoulders. And then the emergence, of, even though he's hurt, the emergence of James Conner to hand the ball. Even that kid Samuels that was playing is, was killing it. Yeah. Like, and you look at Big Ben and he, like, you just don't. All these running backs that are just showing up out of nowhere, Samuels, Jackson, the guy Williams on, on Kansas City, the they guy, must be breaking Phillip Sean's Lindsay. heart. Philip Philip Lindsay, yeah, they must be breaking Saquon Sean's too, heart. And, you know, when you could have had Sam Darnold. Oh, and yeah, it's tough it's, stuff. <laughs> Man, we're really well, digging him into a hole. Now we know that he's not here. For yeah, this kid is knitting up a storm right now. <laughs> Making a Saquon jersey. <laughs> yeah, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, the Steelers played themselves out of the playoffs. Yeah. No other I mean, teams yeah. grabbed yeah. it from them. Baltimore the Saints could have just laid down, you know. They were like they're twelve and two. They basically have home field locked up, and they, you know, they they had the tiebreaker over the Rams. They could have laid down and been like, yeah, you know what? And they said, no, we're gonna show them that we're the best team in the NFL. 
Yeah, absolutely, and that's my Super Bowl pick, so I'll definitely take it. And Drew Brees looking good for MVP. I'll take that too. Next game up, we have the Seahawks pulling off an upset against the Kansas City Chiefs. You're shaking your head on this one. Did you have some money going on this one? A little I parlay mean, action? Obviously I did, but uh, it just scares me as a team that we know that we have to play in the playoffs. We. Oh. We. 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 Got you. You see the Dallas star on my heart? Yeah, yeah. you're, you're I mean, playing no. in this game. You're but, on the um, sidelines with Sean. What, 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 the Seahawks played... I would say a perfect game in this game. They played a perfect game. I watched this game running the ball, passing the ball. Wilson made those ridiculous plays you were talking about earlier where he runs around in three circles and then closes his eyes and Doug Baldwin's wide open for a touchdown. But you look at the Chiefs, their defense is not that good either. Oh, it's terrible. It's not that good. It's bad. Now you know why Mahomes is throwing for 450 yards. Because he has to. Not that he's not great because he is. You're right, he has to. Because he has to keep them in games because – Teams will go on a nine-play drive for 87 yards and score a touchdown. They got to have a home game in the playoffs. That home field advantage is probably the best aside from Seattle's in football. And I mean, listen, Tyreek Hill's got to get healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play this week because he's been hurt recently with a foot. Just attack Travis Kelsey. Just get him the ball every single time. Because aside from that, I mean, what's Calvin Benjamin going to go off? Because I mean, Sammy Watkins what, is right hurt. Tackle? <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe he'll play tight end again. But, but yeah, uh, I mean, this game was... The, the emergence of Damian Williams, like you said before. This kid, you know, who's a backup for his whole life. He comes out and, he, you know, he's playing well. He's going off. I mean, he's playing absolutely I mean, incredible. The, I, I wouldn't be worried as a Chiefs fan. You're going to do some noise in the playoffs, but what's going to cost you is your lack of defense. Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely going to have to make some moves. And, you know, teams like the Saints have a good defense. The Cowboys. I didn't have to say it. You said it for me. <laughs> Seattle has a great defense, which I'm worried about. But you look at these AFC teams, Chargers have a pretty good defense. The Ravens have a great defense. When they play well, the Chargers have yeah. a pretty good defense. I mean, Absolutely. How are you going to be surprised when you're on the pod a couple of weeks with Sean saying, Lynn cost us this game? No. Or this kicker cost us this game? Yeah, I would not be surprised <laughs> at all. It's going to be both. Yeah. It's going to be bad clock management and a terrible kicker. So we have you know some great games next week that we're you know looking forward to. So. Absolutely. The last game that we have is the Raiders-Broncos. This game doesn't really matter, but the Raiders won 27-14. to And Sean picked the Broncos, I believe, to win. Oh, and I think he said, as I recall, as I was listening to the pod myself, I think he said it's a lock. Yeah. He said lock. Was it a lock, though? I don't know. I mean, when Dwayne Harris runs back a 99-yard punt return, it was Sean quivering a little bit. Oh, man. Well, that's what put him in. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But there's but- not much you can say about this game. It's two teams that are not going to the playoffs. The Raiders don't really uh, – Raiders actually came out. I think it was because it's probably, you know, the last game of the season in the black hole, obviously, and they're not going to be there. Last game ever, ever probably ever, in the ever, block, right, black ever. hole. So why wouldn't they come out also on Christmas Eve? Give Gruden a little Christmas present. Yeah, what fuck Gruden. <laughs> um, but all right, let's let's speaking of that, let's segue into our picks from last week. I'll just give you a quick recap before Will, I, and uh, Sean sent in his picks. I think he had one of the nurses sending him for him. Uh, last week I went three and one. Pretty good week for me. I took the New York Giants plus nine at Indianapolis. They only lost by one. I took the Jets plus three. They lo- I lost that spread against Green Bay. Took the L.A. Rams minus 14. They won that game by a lot more than that. And the Sperm Bank pick of the week two brought to you two. 
brought to you again by Philip Rivers. Very fertile man. The Chicago Bears minus four in San Francisco. They just barely covered the spread by five. They basically said, we know Tom needs five. Listen, they were in the locker room before that saying, let's get this one for Tom. And I said, thank you. All right, so Sean, let's give his re- let's give his week a recap real quick. New England minus thirteen and a half. Nope. Ouch. They Oof. were up. They were up, and they gave up that last second touchdown. Like we tough, talked about. Tough, tough stuff. And we we I think we predicted that Allen was going to do that as well. Indianapolis favored by nine at ho- home against the Giants. Tough stuff again. That's oh, bad. Sean, here's his one win, one measly win of the week. He picked Green Bay, and it had, took overtime for him to get this one. He was definitely shaking on this one. And I was looking at, uh, dude, I was looking at four and zero on the first four and zero ever in sorry sports history. And this is, the, of course, my fucking New York Jets are the one that cost me the four and zero this week. And then the final game, we just referenced it. He the took lock. the dent. The, he locked in, and I quote, locked in. He actually put all his money on it and his car. That's on why he's it. not here. Yeah, that's why. Well, he's definitely in a ditch somewhere. On the Denver Broncos minus three in Oakland, and how did that one go for you, Sean? I don't think it went too well. So let's move on to our picks this week. I'll tell you Sean's four picks first, and then Will and I will go over our picks. So for the locals, Sean took the Giants, favored by six. Will was scratching his head at this line. I don't know. The website I got it may have made a typo, but we'll take it anyways. The New York Jets are plus 13.5 in New England. He took the New York Jets. He took the Cleveland Browns to cover against the Baltimore Ravens. And honestly, if I know Sean, I think he thinks Cleveland's going to win this game outright. I got a feeling. And finally, he took the Indianapolis Colts minus three at Tennessee. Are they going to? They're gonna bang them back to back weeks. The Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I don't know. Let's see if let's see if they screw them over two weeks in a row. All right. So why don't you move on to your picks and then I'll mosey on over to mine. Okay. Well, I agreed with Sean on uh, the both uh, on the locals, both of them. Uh, I took the New York Giants minus six. I just think that uh, Prescott Elliott, that offensive line, defensive line, are gonna play a half and then say we're getting ready for the playoffs. So. Okay. And then uh, also the Jets. I'm taking plus thirteen and a half in New England. Are they home or they're at, they're at New England? They're at New England. Um, it says it right on the paper. Yep, I got it. Thanks, <laughs> Dick. Um, <laughs> I just think they keep it within two touchdowns. New England always has these big spreads at home, and they always give it up with the last three minutes of the game. Hey, listen, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets kept it close. Darnold's playing hot. New England has a terrible defense this past season. So I'll give you my two locals, and then we'll jump into some of the out-of-market games. I took the Dallas Cowboys just because you told me before the pod that they're playing everybody this week, and I just don't think the Giants are going to be able to stick with them, especially with their recent game plan of not giving the ball to Saquon and OBJ already being ruled out for the game. Next game, I took the New England Patriots. I think this is a get-right game for the Patriots if I've ever seen one before, and I think they win by at least two touchdowns. So what do you think about the out-of-market games? What do you have here for me? My first one is um, Buffalo at home minus four against Miami. I just look at this game, and it's two teams that have nothing to play for. Miami's probably given up after they just lost to Jacksonville, and they don't even care. I think Allen's going to come out and have something to prove and say, you know what, this is my job, I'm keeping it, all that stuff. and Buffalo, All that stuff, huh? All that stuff, all that good stuff. I think Buffalo wins this game by seven. Okay. All right, so I'll, I'll move Let's. Uh, let me give you my next game, and that is the L.A. Rams at home by 10. They are favored by 10 against the San Francisco 49ers. I think that they cover this spread, and I think, again, it's a get-right game for these guys. No Nick Mullins love? No Nick Mullins love here. 
I like the kid, but again, I, I don't think that he's that they're going to cover. Oh, 100% welcome on the pod. Anytime, Nick. I got a leather chair right here for you. I'll sit in the folding chair, whatever you want. I'll buy you a Red Bull, whatever you need. Nice You're welcome guy. on the pod. Nice I am a nice guy. Um, but yeah, I think the Rams definitely cover this spread. It's a get right game for them. So what's your last pick? Um, my last pick is, um, I think you went three and one last time, by the way. So good job by you. I didn't get to say it to you in person. Good job. Appreciate it. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals at Seattle. My plus 13 and a half. Seattle has nothing to play for that four seed, that five seeds locked up for them. So you think they're resting guys? Resting guys. Doug Baldwin or something. He's been hurt. Yeah. 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 Arizona probably lose by 10. Josh Rosen will maybe throw two touchdowns and okay, okay. By ten, I'm gonna go for my sperm bank pick of the week. Going and usually Sean three. and I somehow, somehow randomly don't pick the same teams, but this week we did, and I'm not changing it. And Sean's not here to bitch at me, so I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the Indianapolis Colts as my sperm bank pick of the week mm. this week. I just don't think Tennessee Titans can keep up with them. That's gonna be a good game. That's Sunday. That's Sunday Night Football this week. Yeah, I'm going to go for the big one on the, on our final week of this. And I've already lost to Sean. I'm probably going to jump, I don't know, maybe in the Hudson River or something, maybe in a pond somewhere. Whatever I'm going to be forced to do, I'll do it happily. But again, just remember that I'm going to be 3-for-3 three three with the Sperm Bay pick of the week to end of the season. The only thing that matters is the last three weeks of the season. Absolutely. I mean, truly, you, you said it perfectly. Phil Rivers is sponsoring this one again. again. This well, this sperm bank pick of the week again is brought to you by Phil Rivers, and I still have six weeks left, and that counts for how many kids Phil Rivers have if I want him to to uh, sponsor the sperm bank pick of the week again. You can do it in the playoffs. You can take a sperm bank pick of the week in the playoffs. Yeah, every single week, and I still think I'll have what two to spare. Two easily two. Wow, that's huge. So thank you again, Phil Rivers, for the massive donation. Hopefully Sean will be out. I'm gonna be picking him up within the next couple of days from the uh, from the rehab center, and and he'll be back to his normal self. And uh, for real, Sean, I hope everything's good, and I hope everything uh, you figure everything out. We should be back next week with a traditional Monday Wednesday pod. Big shout out to Will. Thanks for coming on, Thanks bro. Thanks for having me, Tom. You did a great job on the pod. You're a real good host. And you know what? If Sean doesn't come back, I don't even care. This has become a family affair, everyone. Yeah. So thank really you again Sean. to Will Smith for coming on the pod, and we will talk to you guys on Monday. Have a good night.